back in 1953, I spent this summer on a university research project funded by the Air Force up on the North Slope. We flew in to Elmendorf and then up to Umiat, and I liked what I saw of Alaska. So, um, on mustering out from my duty as a draftee in the Army Counterintelligence Corps, and that's a whole nother story I'd like to tell someday, <laughs> um, I moved back to Alaska. And uh, as you might know, uh, Anchorage and Alaska were far different back in the 50s. As an idea, uh, 4th and 5th Avenue were the only paved streets in town. 4th Avenue actually had curbs and gutter and sidewalks for a ways. 5th uh, Avenue was strip paved down the middle with gravel on the sides. And the Northern Commercial Company's Caterpillar Tractor Repair Shop was in the building that Orso Restaurant now is in. <laughs> so, uh, arriving here with a brand new degree in geology. I didn't have any trouble getting a job with the Corps of Engineers known throughout the territory in those days as the district because we were the Alaska district of the Corps and uh, got sent all over the territory. There's no way I could have afforded the airfare to the places they sent me. Uh, as an example of what it was like, I carried my field gear in a GI duffel bag and the handle of that duffel bag got so covered with strings from pulling off the uh, baggage tags that you couldn't even see the handle itself. It was just all strings. <laughs> well, uh, Anchorage, uh, there were very few regulations in those days. The town itself was uh, pretty calm, but uh, the right outside of the um, city limits, there were places like Fort Starnes out on Fifth Avenue, and we're Post Road, uh, where Fourth Avenue turns down to Post Road, there were B-girl joints. And the reason for that is the territorial legislature had passed a statute because of the fact that construction contractors had a habit of leaving town without paying their workers. So they were required by law to pay them in cash every Saturday. And there's many a construction worker that started back into town and didn't make it past those B-girl joints before he was stripped of all his money. <laughs> uh, well, one particular uh, project that I was on was out at ADAC, where we were going to put in a new uh, antenna for a radar. Well, Harry and I, Harry was a GS-11, I was a GS-9. So we went out by way of Revolution Airlines and uh, had to stop at uh, Cold Bay in those days and spend overnight in their hotel. Well, when we finally got out to ADAC, uh, we billeted, got into our rooms, went out, looked over the site, and by then it was dinner time. So we went over to the uh, officer's mess. Uh, the Navy had a... a pretty formal officer's mess with linen, tablecloths, napkin rings, and Filipino stewards to serve you. Well, we got to the door, and I had worn a, a tweed jacket like this with this particular bolo tie, whereas, <laughs> whereas Harry carried, he wore his field clothes 
and checked the survey equipment and the excavating equipment. So he got to the door and he wasn't allowed entry. Had to have a jacket and tie to get into the officer's mess. So he went over to the CPO mess. Well, he wasn't allowed in there because he was, he was an officer grade level. So he couldn't eat that night. I, <laughs> I had to smuggle out food to him. I got some rolls and butter and folded them up in a napkin and took them out. <laughs> it was a little better for breakfast because I could put some bacon in between pieces of toast. <laughs> but uh, uh, it was pretty late in the day before we got back to our headquarters. Communication wasn't as good in those days and got him permission to eat in a contractor's tent. Well, uh, I don't know what the moral to this story is, <laughs> but there must be one. <laughs>